Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brought to you by P4P Muscle Productions and Entertainment. The number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. Now, I want you to grab a friend, turn the volume up a bit, lean in, and listen to the show where all the athletes want to talk. Fit Talk with Melinda Corsino. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Fit Talk with Melinda Corsino. Uh, today we have the 2016 Spartan Beast Killington Review up for this show. Uh, and as always, this show is brought to you by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are interested in the drug-free lifestyle or interested in any of their products, check them out at www.p4pmuscle.com. Uh, if you see anything on there, pre-workout, protein, anything you have questions on, feel free to inbox me. And as always, you can use my code MELINDA, M-E-L-I-N-D-A, for 15% off any of their products. And tonight, uh, we have two people. Right now, I'm on on the line with Jen Klensman, who I actually met uh, out at when we were in L.A. filming for Broken Skull Ranch. Uh, if anyone listened to my Broken Skull Ranch show earlier this year, we had some technical difficulties when we were out there. So we had a couple of girls' shows that were filming um, at the same time, and we were all kind of stuck in a hotel together for a while. So Jen was actually, she's a lot taller than me. Uh, she was on another another episode than I was, thankfully, because if I had to go against her, she would have crushed me. So uh but she was out there, so I met her, I believe, drinking wine in a jacuzzi, I think. Yeah, and so, yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she's a Mama 3 personal trainer and an avid obstacle course racer who lives in Texas, and she's done a bunch of cool stuff, but I'm going to let her quickly introduce herself and give us a couple of fun facts about you. All right, cool. Thanks, Melinda, for having me. Um, like you said, I'm Jen. I live in Austin, and so um, we have our first days this week that have been under like 95 degrees and like all humidity. So it's so amazing. It's so amazing outside. You go outside and it's like birds are singing and the world is a happy place because you're not oh. under a wet blanket. So it's been fantastic. <laughs> it's been fantastic. Awesome. Um, so I'm still kind of in recovery mode from the ultra beast. This is the first week that I've done any serious workouts since then. Just letting the body kind of recoup here in Texas. We have some, there's, you can train the uphills, you know, on a Stairmaster or an incline train or something, but the downhills, there's not a whole lot of training that you can do to prepare your quadriceps for that kind of um, just beating. And so uh, it's taken me a little bit longer than someone who might live in the mountains to recover. <laughs> so, and I'm older, oh, absolutely. so it takes longer. Anyway. Uh, but you can't tell because you look like you're in your early 20s, honestly. What um what are some so people listening in uh, that don't know you what are some uh, you know you've won some races you're pretty competitive in obstacle course mm-hmm. racing what are some of your accomplishments 
Um, yeah, sure. So some things I've won. I won the Battle Frog Extreme twice. I won Dallas and uh, Carolina last year. I've won a Savage Race before. I've had, you know, podium to Savage Race. I've been, you know, top five to ten in some Spartan races, uh, the, the Beast in Texas, the Sprints in Texas. Let's see, what else? I've won Green Beret Challenge with my team, uh, with Brenna and uh, Mike Morgan and my boyfriend Adam. Uh, I've been doing obstacle course racing for about four years. And so I have kind of tried, you know, a lot of them. I really like the longer ones better. I can I can hang in there with a sprint, you know, with the shorter uh, races, but I kind of just like the misery of the long ones, you know. So I tend to do uh, some more of those kind of things. Um, right now I'm working with Solomon. I'm a brand ambassador for them, and that's pretty exciting. And I'm about to that's do very World Cup of Butters. Yeah, so I uh, – Use the Spartan Beast. Most people are like, Ultra Beast is the, you know, the biggest thing, and it is huge. And it, was, it was awful, and we'll talk all about it. But I really wanted to use it as a training one for World Seventh Mutter. I knew it was going to be 10-plus hours, and I thought, you know, if I can't run 10-plus hours in September, I'm not running 24 hours in November. So, Or if I can, then I know I'm you know, on a good track. So I did right. it, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. That was half a day. You're right. Another half a day. Hey, it's another half a day of running. What's yeah, especially because you like the long run. So we are completely opposite. I love yeah. the short races. I do much better at the short races. Um, I won my coin last year, placing top ten in a sprint. Nice. Get me in the long nice. races. Oh dear lord, <laughs> the long races. Yeah. I, I do them because I have a really cool team of people that go out there and do them, and I like to challenge myself and prove to myself that I can, you know, be on a mountain for that amount of time and and I try yeah. my best to to place well um within my heat that I run in but uh, I am not I don't excel <laughs> for sure yeah. in those long races so um but I'm glad to have you on with all of your experience um and I've done Spartan at Killington if that was my fourth or fifth year um that I've done uh-huh. it at Killington so I wanted to bring someone else on that did the ultra, which obviously you're just running that twice. So you have twice the experience um, yes. this past time. So um, I just wanted to do a review, talk about the race. A lot of people don't understand. They think, I, I don't know if they think it might be easier than, than it's set out to be, but I have to say it's one of the most mentally tough races that I've done. Um, and I think yeah. Killington beast at, beast at Killington is a lot different than a lot of other beasts around the U S. Um, yeah. you can tell me if I'm wrong. I, I did beast out in Tahoe last year for the world championships and I same mileage as Killington last year relatively. And I beat my mm-hmm. time by like an hour, hour and a half. And it's oh, wow. not, and it's not, and it's not like I was improving, you know, yeah. it was, I did it a couple weeks after. And it's just like, this course is just terrible. So in your opinion, yeah. Uh, in Spartan Beast and Killington, what is what is the toughest obstacle for you, whether it be the mountain or just one of the, the obstacles that they have on the race? Yeah, the obstacles seemed like nothing. I mean, I've come away from a Texas Beast, you know, black and blue from obstacles being really hard or super muddy or slippery or, you know, or whatever. Um, I, you know, I had barely any bruising. I was totally fine. It was just the terrain, you know, and, and the fact that a lot of the ups and downs, especially the downs, they're not really groomed. And so there's little holes and there's potholes and you never know if you're going to step in one or twist an ankle or there's, you know, there's all kind of, then you're, there's not really a way to slow down. Um, so like the second lap, the first lap I was trying to keep myself from just 
tumbling down when we were going, and I had the brakes on a lot, and it really killed my legs. On the second lap, I was like, oh, well, this is the key. You're just too tired to stop, and you go way faster the second lap down the mountain. I can no longer stop myself. So I would literally tell people, I would be yelling as I'm running down, you know, the very last descent. I was like, I cannot move to the right or to the left. I'm too tired. Can you please just get out of the way? I'm coming. Just please one step to the right or left. I'm coming straight behind you. And I can't do anything about yeah. it. Yeah. The, uh, so the, I think that was the hardest part is going down. The, and the ups. I mean, just that last, the second, the, the last climb, the death march on the second lap where you know it's coming. You know, we got to about mile eight on the second lap, and you're in the woods going up. You go about three-quarters of the way up the mountain. And uh, people are going, oh, this is the death march we've heard about. And I would just go, no, it's not. I was like, wait, what? And I'm like, no. At one point, this one girl said, what's coming up next? And I said, um, you know, this is I'm 12 hours in at this point, something like that, 11 hours in. <laughs> and I go, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm really, really sad about it. <laughs> and they were like, what? I was like, it makes me really sad. What's about to happen again? And you're just going to just eat some calories right now. Like sit down and eat whatever's in your pack because you're going to need it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My, I, so that was the hardest yeah, part. Yeah, the terrain for sure. I mean, if you're if you if you go to the gym, if you work out, if you have upper body strength, the obstacles are not that bad. Um, no, they're not. You know, they're, they're almost like, like, the obstacles are almost like a break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're almost like a break. I mean, and the swimming, yeah. if you're not a swimmer, um, there was a swim this year. There's yeah. usually a swim. They took it out the past couple of years because of some issues. But um, if you're not a swimmer, the swim can, you know, tend to wear you out. You might get cold. But honestly, if, if you're an yeah. athletic person, the, the obstacles, and to give people listening in that don't know about uh, the obstacles at Spartans, I mean, they have everything from Atlas Stone carries to spear throws to swimming to all these cool rope rigs, climbs. which yeah, rope climbs. I mean, it's a it's a variety of different things that are just there to ultimately tire you out. Um, yeah. And if you if you miss an obstacle, or you choose not to do an obstacle, which I I hate when that, I I truly believe that people doing these races, um, especially something like a beast where they should be like a, a seasoned athlete. Uh, should yeah. really be trying every obstacle unless there's a, a physical yeah. disability. Uh, that's my yeah. personal opinion. Uh, but, you know, if you choose to skip an obstacle, you know, you have to do 30 burpees. And um, so that they're really there just to tire you out. And I, I know for me uh, it's been really cool through, like, continuing to do CrossFit and powerlifting and things like that. My my ability to do the obstacles with more ease has has been awesome to see it's a life starting yeah. it is starting uh five years ago i think i did my first sprint for fun and i couldn't climb a rope i oh, could yeah. not get yeah. up the yeah. rope even with knots yeah. in the rope now oh, yeah. you know i can climb up a rope with no knots no i mean it's not even an issue yeah. but it's just funny to right. you know you keep doing them year after year and you just like oh these are nothing um yeah but I couldn't climb up my first one my first one was a sprint too and it took me i think two and a half hours i mean something crazy when people are like, yeah. I'm so out of shape, I have to walk. And I'm like, listen, my first sprint, I had just had a baby. She was like three months old. My friends had just done a warrior dash. They're like, it's like that. It's going to be like that. It would take us like 45 minutes. Two hours later, I'm still out on this course <laughs> sobbing. I'm doing burpees at every obstacle. I can't get over walls. I can't climb ropes. I can't do anything. I'm dehydrated because I'm like, you know, a nursing mother. It was, I'm crying. I'm just like walking down the course crying. And so I tell <laughs> people all the time, I'm like, 
you know, and on that same course, that exact same course, the sprint two years later is where I got my, you know, got fourth and got my world championship. So you can, you can do it. You know, I could do none of it and walk the whole time crying. And now I just got fourth place and qualified for the world championships. Two years later, same course. I was like, you just have yeah. to pick a goal and just work it. What can part? Oh, you're going in and out. Are you in a bad area? How to how to develop these skills? Yep. And then run a lot. You yeah, know, I. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, maybe not, they're not, you know, as accomplished with a fourth place finish, but that have really seen improvement with themselves from year to year. So uh, going into yeah. these, it's it's really important to, your goal is to beat your own time. And it's tough because the courses yeah. can vary year to year, but um, which is why it's, it's nice to be able to compare yourself percentage-wise against the people that are running on your age yeah. group or in your group. But it, it's just really cool to hopefully see yourself improving each year and, uh, I mean, yeah. we, we make gravel buckets and carry, gra- carry gravel buckets up and down our driveway, like, just to get yeah. used to because that I, I hate that. That obstacle. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, my God. The it's the worst. And especially I ha- I'm really short and small, so I have, like, little T-Rex arms. So try to, like, yeah. get around a bucket. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. It's, and it's, it's still hard for me, and I still don't excel at it, but I'm much better at it than I was before I started practicing. So, yeah, uh, that's the second lap, the bucket carry. It took me four boyfriends at the bottom going, just pick it up, just bear hug it, and, you know, carry And I, you know, I was just like, shut up, shut your face. You know, I can't. So I tired. can't. It's not that, it's not that easy. It's no. not that easy. The mountain absolutely wears on you. Um, we no. have new people that join our running group every year. And uh, we try to tell them what they're getting themselves into, um, but we try to <laughs> convince them to do it anyway. And it's always yeah, like, a, holy shit, I didn't realize it was going to be that hard. Like, oh, I can run. Yeah. Like, I can run a half marathon. I can do these obstacles. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. The mountain absolutely it killed you. That. And yeah. it does. And like you said, for the tra- I am a terrible downhill runner. So um, it really wears on my knees to go downhill yeah. in that type of terrain and how steep it is. And there was yeah. multiple people that I saw that kicked the butt, like had to get taken off the course um, because yeah. they twisted something, stepped on something, fell. I mean, it's dangerous. So you can only go so fast, mm. um, right? Unless you're really used to it, and it just it just crushes your soul. And I don't know how you. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you did two laps of it after one. I was like, oh my god. I'm so happy to see the finish line. If I had to restart yeah. it again, I just don't. I just don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, I so I thought it was going to take me. I hadn't really looked at previous times from winners and things, and so I just based on doing Texas Beast, I was like, oh, but no, no, I had like an hour, you know, or I'd done Utah and I knew what I did Utah in, and I was like, that's a mountain. It's probably about the same as that. And so I was thinking like three to four hours a lap. So like between six and eight hours total. And so luckily mm-hmm. in the hotel the night before, um, that kind of came up with people milling around. I'm like, oh, yeah, like six to eight hours. And he's like, this guy that was in the lobby goes, um, per lap, right? And I was like, no, I mean, total, right? <laughs> he goes, uh, last year it took us eight hours to do one. And I'm like, well, surely you were like bear crawling. <laughs> but then I went and looked, and the average elite female time last year was seven and a half hours for the average elite. And I was like, 
okay, I need to go back to the grocery store because I don't have enough food. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's go back. And so I, I hadn't brought my hydration vest because I thought, you know, three-hour laps, I'll just stick on a squeezy Solomon bottle in my sports bra, and I'll stick a couple gels and a speed belt. I'll be fine. Right. Um, so I still didn't have my vest, but I had, you know, a little bottle in my sports bra. I had candy bars shoved in my socks. Um, it was just yard sale. Like, we got done, and I'm like, I'm a yard sale of snacks. I have food shoved in all <laughs> the little places all over my body. <laughs> it's so inconvenient. Um, so the first lap, I did run out of calories, and I got to about mile 13 and was just kind of crashing hard. I'm like, I, okay, but I knew it was calories. Like, I knew, I'm like, I'm not super tired. I just know I'm in such a deficit right now calorie-wise. Um, I just need to eat. If I can just get around and yep. eat, I'll be fine. So I got into transition, you know, with an hour and a half to spare or something, two hours to spare. I took a bottle of apple juice and then, like, grabbed everything I had and shoved it in my socks and my pants and took back off. Um so Let me interrupt me you for one second. Before. Yeah, yeah, sure. Keep that, keep that thought. I'm going to grab Gary on. And then, yeah, sure. so for people listening in, I have uh, Gary Lombardo calling in right now. I'm going to put him live, and then Jen and I are going to get back. Hi, Gary. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, uh, so you're live right away. I was just, uh, Jen and I were in the middle of a, a conversation about food, but before we continue, um, why don't you quickly introduce yourself to people listening in? And um, you know, you have a you have a lot going on, a lot of certifications. So let people know who you are. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Hi everyone, my name is uh, Gary Lombardo. Uh, I'm a uh, tra- a coach as well as an athlete. I'm a certified Spartan SGX coach as well as USAT. That's United States Triathlon Level One coach, amongst several other things. And uh, I'm also a uh, just a tradi- uh, overall multi-sport um, athlete and work with athletes um, from all different experiences levels, help them really push themselves to the next level, and uh, as well as myself. I do quite a bit. I, I take, uh, I've done a number of expeditions overseas, Ironman triathlons, and, and a whole bunch of different obstacle course racing. So love the sport, um, all types of sport, love adventure, and, and happy to be here today. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for calling in. And before Jen and I get back to this lovely conversation about food, um, you did uh, – so Jen that I have on, uh, she placed seventh in the Ultra Beast for women this year as well as has placed very well and has been obstacle course racing for a while. And and you – I mean, when you did the regular Beast this year. And when I had caught up with you when you finished, you had a very good age placing – did it stick when when all the results came in because you were you were at the, in the top five for your age bracket I believe when, when yeah. I caught you at the finish line. Yeah, I, I stayed in uh, I stayed in the top five for my age group uh, in the competitive heat. So I think yeah. when I saw you, I was number I was number two, but I, I dropped a, a few places to number five. But I'm still happy with that. I'm like, hey, that that works for me. And uh, yeah, it was a great race. Yeah. How and how long did it take you for the for the first for the lap? Uh, it was. I did the the race in uh, five twenty two this year. Five twenty two. Yeah, which yep. is. Uh, so. Yeah, I always look at my my pace per mile because the the race in comparison to previous years because you know that's how I mark how well I improve as well as how I advise my athletes to do the same thing because the course you know as you guys know the course um, changes every year right it's unpredictable right. you know it's thirteen plus miles so it's kind of hard to compare 
raw, you know, finishing time to finishing time year over year. Um, so yeah, I always look at the, the, the per mile pace. And again, that's mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty good indicator, even though again, the course changes and the miles are all different, but, um, I was able to, to shave about 53 seconds per mile off my pace. So that's not sort of, it was a big win for me, um, this year. So I felt, felt good about that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you stuck in the top five for your age group. That's amazing as well. For people listening, and I haven't told people my time, um, so I finished at, I, I believe it was seven hours and one minute, which was really pissed me off at the end because I didn't know that. I think I would have sprinted a little bit more um, yeah. just to get under just to get under seven. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. But yeah. I, still, uh, for myself personally, that was a good finishing time for me. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I do not excel in these longer races. I'm much more of a short race kind of person. So um, I was very happy with myself, and I think I placed – I think I was in the top 14% of the competitive heat for females, and I am good to go with that. <laughs> but, um, you know, just to give people a comparison of now, Jen, um, one lap for you, because you obviously did the ultra, how long did it take you to do yeah. that first lap? Which obviously the you're going at a different six. pace because, you know, you have a lot longer to go. Six. Yeah, the first lap was six, and the second lap was right at seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, but so. there was, you know, and there's, it got dark, so that slowed us down a lot at the end. Um, I had my headlamp wrapped around my arm, and one of the batteries fell out of the bucket carry, and I grabbed it and shoved it back in, but I shoved it back in backwards, and I was like, I can't even stop and flip the battery around because I knew if I took that time, someone's gonna catch me, and cause there was a bunch of us right together, um, and so I was just kind of running with people that had their headlamps on, so that's, you know, that's a lot slower, and uh, that one obviously you're just exhausted. And waiting right. in line and some rails and stuff like that, you know. People were really good about getting out of the way, but there was still backups. So it's right. always going to be slower. Absolutely. Yeah, that second lap is always going to be slower for you guys because um, you end up mixing in with everyone that starts yeah. at noon and, you know, past then. But right. uh, so for, you, um, Gary jumped in on our conversation uh, right as we were talking about, you know, preparing food for the race and Jen was yeah. saying, you know, based on other past beasts, thought that it was going to be a lot shorter race for her. Um, so didn't pack enough food. I know I've had the experience um, of just not timing my food. And this is the first year right. I timed my eating, which was huge yeah. because in past races, I've started shaking because I've been so hungry. And keep in mind, I'm only doing yeah. one lap. I'm not doing two. But um, and I think I ended up chatting with Gary about this after the race was over, but this is the first year I timed and made sure I was eating on a schedule and I was never hungry, yeah. uh, which yeah. was a huge thing for me. And, um, I don't know if, if Gary, you have anything you want to add in on, um, how you prepare nutrition for a race like this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, nutrition's huge. Typically for me and, and what I advise and most athletes I work with as well, it's like any race over, you know, two plus hours. Of course, that's going to vary from athlete to athlete, athlete to athlete, but it's going to, you know, two plus hours, you typically need to be thinking about uh, nutrition. Of course, there's a whole bunch of different variables involved with that from, you know, um, you know, the, the type of athlete, how big they are, how heavy and the weather and, and all these different things. But for me personally at this race, yeah, it was about um, making sure I, you know, carry enough fluids, taking enough fluids. And I, I usually I sit down and I calculate all that out, you know, based upon my needs well in advance. Um, calories, carbohydrates, um, you know, amount of, um, fluids and, and, um, electrolytes that I need. And then I'll, I know pretty much, you know, haven't done this for a number of years, exactly what I need 
for the most part. And then I'll, I'll experiment. I'll use it. I'll put it into practice during my long runs. And, um, and that's exactly what I did on race day. And I, I just carry a water bottle and um, around my waist and you refill at the stations. And I carry some mixed uh, powder. I personally like um, scratch lab stuff. That's my personal choice. And I like their gummies and I take a variety of different things. So I think it very, really varies from person to person, of course, what, what you, the type of things you like to eat and what you prefer, but that tends to be what works for me. And, um, and for me, it's about, yes, the timing as well making sure you're fueling all, um, all, you know, at the beginning of the race in particular, because if you don't, you're going to pay for it at the end. So, um, and this race was, we were for, it was fortunate because it was pretty cool out. Um, yeah. we didn't have the, the intense heat like we did over the summer, thank God, which, which made a huge difference. I think, uh, yeah. had that been the case, I think, I know personally my time would have been slower and, and nutrition would have been more of an issue, but, um, I definitely felt like I had it dialed in. So I was feeling really good about that this year. Yes, definitely. I, I know it made a big difference for me, um, just paying more attention to it rather than just starting to eat when I get hungry, which I know is a terrible idea, but I get my head yeah. all in the race and I just I just lose it. And I've, every year I've done that. And I'm like, I won't eat until like three, hour, three hours, like three miles into the course. And by then I'm hungry. And then I've just screwed yeah. myself up for the rest of the race at that point. So I, it, it made a huge difference to prepare. Um, and being that I've done it for many years now, I think, starting to get it down finally uh being a little bit smarter about this but um yeah, yeah jen so jen what for the toughest mutter that you're doing in november um yeah. for 24 hours what's yeah. that like for you for food do you get to carry all that with you do you stop how does that work no, it's, it's short laps, and so that's it makes it different than you know, say ultra beast where you kind of have to carry everything for six hours. It's the lap shouldn't take more than you know, an hour and a half to two hours at the most, really. And you you can come back through to your tent to your pit every lap, and so you might have like a gel with you or something, you know, something light, but you can really come back through and get all your nutrition at your tent or from your pit crew. So that'll be so much easier because you don't have to really carry anything. Um, right. What I did learn from Ultra Beast is that, you know, I just I did goose, I did tailwind. I, I really like the tailwind a lot. Um, I need to be able to have more of that with me. Uh, it's another liquid nutrition kind of like scratch lab. But um, it, it all got so sweet by the end that I was like, I, I need a toothbrush. I just cannot handle the sweetness. And so I think what I'll do is alternate, a, you know, something kind of sweet-ish. Like the tailwind is even a little sweet, not too much, but a little um, and maybe something salty the next lap. Um, just kind of alternate so that I don't get overwhelmed with, you know, just junk. Um, I'm going to yeah. make some little homemade baby food kind of pouches and put things like chicken and rice, you know, like a salty chicken and rice or salty chicken noodle soup in those. You can put the lid on and just kind of squeeze it in your mouth, grab one, squeeze it in your mouth and run off. So you're not having yeah. to chew. Um the chewing is a little complicated. My, my mouth got really, really sore by the end of the second lap. We got back to the hotel, and I, I couldn't even eat till the next day because my mouth was so just dry and sore from breathing for 14 hours heavily. You know, yep. Um, it, it felt like I'd strapped it for a couple of days, and so I'll probably oh. put a lot of coconut oil mixed in with my foods too, just for extra fat, and then just to kind of wet your whole, like keep your your mouth and throat oiled up and lubed. It sounds kind of gross, but it just, I mean, it was so painful. I'm like, oh, I can't, I swallow. It hurts. 
I saw your picture. I, I saw the picture you posted after the Ultra Beast with everything, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> I didn't even think I looked that bad, but when my grandmother posted no, it. No, you didn't, like, you didn't look that bad hold at all. You, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, your post was just, I was like, oh, she just sounds like she's in so much pain. I don't blame her. I'm in pain, and I just did half of what she did. But um, so for, yeah. for you guys, a lot of people listening in probably have not done a Spartan Beast before. Um, so for each of you, and we can start with Gary, uh, for someone coming into their first Beast, especially Beast at Killington, which we were kind of going over before you got on it, uh, beast at Killington just seems like a whole different animal compared to some other beasts that, that I've done and that she's done that have around the U.S. So for someone saying, I'm going to do a Spartan Beast in 2017, I'm going to Killington, you know, what is some advice that you have for them as far as training and kind of what they're in for? And I'll let Gary start with this one. Yeah, no, totally. I think, and I get asked that a lot too, you know, the, the first thing I always say is like, you know, understand what your goal is, right? What are you trying to do? And for most people doing it for the first time, I think it's important to set a goal of just complete the race, right? Just get through it. Um, don't right. necessarily have a time, uh, particularly in a race like uh, the Killington Beast, where, which is fairly hilly, you know, a lot of vertical gain, a lot of vertical descent, um, pretty challenging, you know, a lot of um, different obstacles they might may not have seen before, certainly not at that length. Um, so it's really about, you know, defining the right goal, having a realistic expectation, just, you know, complete the race, get through it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, definitely approach your training in, in a well-rounded way. I mean, I think it's about, um, obviously that everyone thinks of the physical training, which is absolutely crucial. And you need to make sure you think through what that looks like, have a plan for how you can approach that as well as everything. Um, you know, as, as well as your nutrition, as we just talked about, and then uh, your, your mental training, right? Sort of like how are you going to train your mind for it? So those are sort of the three pillars of uh, three legs of the stool, stool so to speak, uh, in terms of how I, I advise people, um, anyone I work with, newbies, experienced people, uh, regardless of, of who they are, and no matter how they're training for the race, those are the three things I really think they need to, to think about and figure out your plan, right? How are you going to how are you going to get there? Have a plan of some sort. You know what's your again what's your goal, and then how are you going to work those things um, over the course of a season? And make sure you got um, you know good measurable um, goals to 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 kind of see how you're progressing. You know um, if your goal is to complete the race, then you're going to want to make sure you get certain objectives around again those three things throughout the year that you can measure um, yourself and and then uh, and then execute, which is really important as well. But for a race like um, Killington, I think it's uh, really important to, to get out there and or for any any Spartan race. Ultimately, it's an endurance sport, which a lot of people um, tend to lose sight of. They think of the obstacles, and, and certainly the, the obstacles are all about testing strength and athleticism among so much of other skills. But the, the biggest obstacle is the run itself, right? So it's, uh, it's all about um, endurance. In the case of Killington, it's a lot of uphill and downhill. So making sure you get out there and jump in some hills, right? Get out there and um, do some hill repeats, carry buckets up hills, throw sandbags on your back, like simulate some of the, the things that you'll actually have to do in the race and make it a little bit harder for yourself. But, but those are the things I typically uh, advise people. And, and um, you know, don't go out and spend a ton of money on clothes and stuff like it's your first race. <laughs> like wear what you got and see if you're going to like the, the doing that distance, doing the sport. And um and check it out. And if you do, then you can go out and make some of that investment as well. And, and most of all, have fun. I think it's uh, really important to, you know, as you're running out there, 
take a look around and not just at the scenery, but, but the athletes, right? All your fellow athletes that are um, out there and, and enjoy the community. You're part, really part of something special and you should take advantage of it and, and really take a step back and enjoy the day. Those are the things that I, I tend to, to kind of let kind of lead with in terms of how to prepare for Killington. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, Jen, what about you? What do you have to add to us? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, one that Gary touched on is the mental part of the race. That You know, this race, it is incredibly physically challenging, but so much of it is mental. I mean, I know so many people that got to the transition in time. They hit the time hack, and then they were just like, ah, you know, I, I, I'm bored. Or, you know, I, if, if you go in thinking there's a possibility that I'm not going to start the second lap, you absolutely will not because everything in your body physically says there's no way. Like, don't go do that again. That's dumb. You should probably just go sit in the hot tub. Oh, that knee that was given you. Oh, that knee is definitely, definitely, you know, a problem. And you will, your mind will come up with every reason why you shouldn't go on. Even my girlfriend that um, finished right after me, she's on the death race. And she's out there. And at one point, she's like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm like, well, you can. Just keep walking. I was like, what are you going to do? Sit here? You're just going to lay down? Like, you just have to finish at this point. And you just keep going. And so just that mental that mental side of, you know, and I'm not saying keep going through with an injury. I think that people think, you know, that you have to keep pushing through even if you're hurt. Absolutely not. If you're hurt, it's not your day. I've DNF two races, one with hypothermia, one um, last year I got hurt at a, at a race, and I was out almost this entire race season from that injury, and I couldn't go on. I literally I had to get carted off the course. I'm not saying push through that. What I'm saying is just know that your mind is going to play tricks on you and tell you to quit. Um, and you just have to not listen to that little voice. And then also um, the second part on the training is to know what you're training for. You know, I have clients that I write programming for for these as well, and they only want to do these super fun workouts where they're kind of getting destroyed and all these, you know, sprints and, you know, stuff. I'm like, that is part of the race. But in these long races, the amount of sprinting that I did was absolutely zero. Absolutely zero. I'm just trudging along going up the hill. It, it can be pretty incredibly boring. And the, the training is a little boring. It's not glamorous at all. There's no glamour in it. The, you know, right before the race, the week before the training I did, I went to my gym, did my one-hour, you know, intense workout at the gym, went to the trail, did an hour of long intervals, and then did another hour of just walking. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to walk for the rest of my life. This is a lot. Like, oh, my God, just walking for an hour. And, but it was just mental. I'm like, well, okay, just keep walking, just keep walking. And, um, it, you know, when you're in a race like this or World Step It's Mutter, where you're probably going to do a lot of walking. Walking is important training. You use your feet differently. You use your legs differently. You use your muscles differently. You stand differently. Everything is different. Um, and so walking and slow jogging are really integral parts of training for these long events. You know, wait to do you know, a ton of your sprint training for spring whenever all the short races are going on. You know, these are just kind of a mental grind, and uh, and you have to and you have to train that. You know, you have to just go, oh, yeah, I've been on this treadmill for 45 minutes. It's hot outside, and i got to sit here for another 30 minutes on the treadmill and just stare at everybody as they're doing fun stuff over there on the gym floor. I'm just still walking up this treadmill, <laughs> you know. Um, just kind of get over it and know that that's what your sport is you know, for the time being. So I think those two things, just kind of having your mental game on and then training for what your what this event is, you know. Yeah. 
I obviously you guys know a heck of a lot better than I do, but one thing I want to add to everything that you all touched on is positive self-talk through the race. Yeah. I noticed for myself, because, uh, again, the longer races are not really my forte, so I need to talk myself through the race, whether that be I'm talking out loud, I'm talking to someone else that I meet, because you will meet people because you are all miserable and you're all together. Yeah. So part of part of being on that mountain in Killington, not so much in the short races, you're not talking as much at pretty much at all, but in these long grinding races where you're on a mountain walking, you cannot possibly, unless you are a highly elite athlete, you will not be running this entire race. You're only going to be running a portion of it. You're hiking up these insane grades and you're talking to people. Um, You're sharing your misery. But what I found is if you keep the conversation positive for as long as you can, it makes it not as miserable. You know, you're talking yourself, like like Jen mentioned, you're in pain and you want to find every reason to, God, I've done it. I've done six miles of this. I can just walk off. Like, this has been a great time, but I don't need to finish it. Your body is going to start breaking down. But as longer you stay positive, like, I can do this. I'm hiking up a freaking mountain, one step in front of the other. I've done things harder than yeah. this. I did a CrossFit workout last week that was way harder than this. I'm just walking. Like, the longer you right. keep just, these positive yeah, stuff like going, I'm, just, yeah, I'm yeah. bored. Like, I'm walking up a mountain, and then I start talking to the guy next to me. Hey, how long have you been doing these for? And you just yeah. you keep going. And the more positive you stay, I had a friend that did this year, and it took her, I think it took her around nine hours to do um, the regular Spartan Beast, and she came off the mountain. I said, how was the race? And she said, you know what? I stayed positive through that entire thing. It was great. Okay. That's you awesome. know, that was her way to get through it and keep it positive. So with yeah. everything mixed let- in, you have to know you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's right before the race. It was that morning. And so my boyfriend was giving me a pep talk. And I was like, Is it gonna be, you know, I don't even know if it's going to be fun. And he said, no, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be miserable. You're going to be out there from dark to dark, climbing up a mountain. It's going to be miserable. He said, but you love it. it. He's like, just enjoy the misery. It's going to be a grind, but it'll be a happy grind. Just keep it a happy grind. And so anytime yeah. I'd start to get, like, down, I would, just, I would literally tell myself, happy grind. It's a happy grind. It's a happy grind. Like, you know, yeah, I'm miserable, but I chose to be here. I want to be here and I want to do well. And it's a happy grind. Yeah, I think it's, I it's, say that to myself and be like, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly about, you know, I think it's, it's mentally, you guys are saying, you know, move forward, move forward, keep going. And that's definitely the case. And I think physically as well, right? Like I always tell people don't stop, right? Just <laughs> you're walking, just keep going. Don't take prolonged breaks. Right. But that's kind of, yeah. Um, my my strategy, I tell people, yeah, exactly. Eat, eat while you're going, you know, stop, fill your water bottle, but keep going. Don't take these long 10 minute breaks, you know, and typically yeah. uh, beginner athletes, you know, they like to run with other people, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you need to go at the pace of that other person or vice versa. They need to go at your pace. Um, and that's fine if you approach it that way. But if you're on your own and you're, you've got a goal in mind and whether it's even just complete the race or complete it in a certain time, whatever it may be, I, I always just advise people, yeah, mentally, you know, prepare for that. That's why go out and train, like carry, go out in the rain and in the dark yeah. and carry a bucket up a hill, right? Like nothing, like that's going to be yeah. worse than what you're probably going to do at the race. But at least you know that you've done that prior to entering the race that mentally and physically that you can do that and, and just continue to, to push through it. And one of the, the things I think is most rewarding um, about athletes who, 
who've done, who are approached the beast for the first time and actually do it and complete it or, or any race that they didn't think they could do, which tends to be the case with a lot of beginners who they're and a little bit hesitant. Even me, you know, even when I got first got into the sport of OCR, I was always like, Hmm, I don't know if I can do it. Right. I coming out of the world of triathlon and having done Ironmans and half, you know, tons and tons of half Ironmans as well as well as ice climbing, a whole bunch of other things, like things that I've really pushed myself. I was very hesitant about it. So you're like, oh, no, I don't think I can do it. And then it's like that in any sport, an event that really seems daunting, like the Beast uh, at Killington in Vermont. And it is daunting, right? But you do it. And then it's a, one of the most rewarding things is when you're done, you're, the feeling of accomplishment, but then also you're like, you know what? I think I can push myself even further right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that's the reward right. of it and think of that along the way um during the course of all your training but then also during the race and, and i think that serves as a real good mental sort of reward for yourself or or like just think about how great you're going to feel after and that that's the case even today you know this is my third killing can beast and um no matter what results I'm, I'm always happy with it but i'm always like man you know that was awesome to get through it and you sort of live off that high for for a few days and, and that kind of gets me through my my training as well throughout the year which can be pretty grueling at times so i think it's all all good stuff for beginners to keep in mind yeah yeah and yes yeah, and just in life right like you 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 don't yeah, realize how much your body yeah. can handle you you don't yeah. realize like i i never thought i'd do one and then sign up six more times or five more times yeah. like, what am i doing here but every time i finish it i'm like that was absolutely miserable get me online right. i'm going to sign up again you know and, yeah, and then, oh yeah like, keep and, doing <laughs> yeah and like you said like i think you're making a good point like it's it's about uh, the unknowns that you're able to deal with in your life as well because of Spartan training or, or obstacle course racing is all about, um, you know, t- testing yourself and prepare, trying to prepare for the unknown, right, which is what life is all about, right? So, um, you know, even in the real world, things happen, right? And you, you physically, you got through that race. Mentally, you got through a tough race. And then there's a lot of stuff going on in your life, whether it's, you know, a loss of a job or a loved one or uh, a whole number of other horrible things that can happen, but you're, you're, it kind of puts it in perspective for you where you're like, you know what, I, I've, I've gotten through it. I, I've dealt with adversity. I've persevered um, in the race, and I can do that in life as well. So I think there's a lot of um, parallels, right? And I always tell, tell athletes, and the ones that I really see that sort of have this transfer, transformative uh, experience through OCR as well as overall endurance racing are the ones that, that really um, – dug deep right and have enjoyed that the, the journey to get there and then the actual race and then feel like everything else in their life is um all the adversity in their life is is uh, not as daunting right as they might have seen because they've gotten through something like the killing can be so i think it's yeah. a um it's a it's a great feeling right and and even today like even you know my my life and all the stuff and i look back and i'm like you know what i i do all this stuff and I get through it, right? And, and perseverance and all that stuff, I apply directly to all the stuff that I face on a, on a regular basis. I think that's an important thing to keep in mind, too, and one of the big rewards and benefits for doing OCR. Great. Well, we are heading towards the end before they kick us out. You know, I say these shows are going to be a half an hour, but then we just get talking and everything just starts <laughs> coming out. So it just keeps flowing, which is nice. But I, I want to thank you guys both for coming on. Uh, yeah. the show tonight and it was great to be able to talk to an an ultra an ultra beaster that finished and then Gary which obviously has a ton of 
athletic experience in, in multi-sports and, and placed phenomenally in his age group and especially in a competitive heat. I mean, you have to realize in, in these Spartan races, there's, uh, there's the elite heat, there's the competitive heat, both very similar, a lot of similar types of athletes. Elite uh, is just going for money. And, um, and then there's the open heat, which is, which is everyone else that's competing in any of them. The course is still the same. There's no difference. Uh, you're just competing with a different class of people to try to maybe go through the course a little faster rather than getting stuck at obstacles and such. But, uh, you know, he raced in, in the competitive heat and did phenomenally in his age group, so I think that's great. And, Jen, congratulations on seventh place. That's also absolutely fantastic. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm so, just going to add one super quick thing about yeah. age group really fast, if you don't mind. Um, one minute. I, I have a lot of yeah, a lot. Of, so um, the age thing is not a matter uh, is not a factor. So in the top ten in the ultra beast, five four were masters women, amazing. And in the yeah. regular beast, in the top five three were masters. And so people think I'm yeah. too old. You are not too old. No, like, you're not too old. I forty fifty yeah. year old women. They're killing it. They kill it. I always say, I always get, I, no one in my, I never look at my age group placing because I'm in the 20 to 30 or 25 to 30. I never look at it um, because it's always the women in their 40s that are killing it. So, yep. agreed. Yep. Absolutely agreed. So, you were not too old, believe me. I have freaking 60-year-old women passing me. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys again. We're about to get kicked off the air. <laughs> Thanks, so, right, thank, thank you guys you. again. Thanks for having me. Good luck in Take all care. your training you. and everything. <laughs> All right, thanks. We'll talk talk later. Take care. Bye. All right, bye. Okay, bye. My family's well-being is what I'm all about. And now with Caseta by Lutron, I've got that peace of mind. Caseta is a smart home lighting system I control from my phone. It's like magic. I was out of town last week and had set the porch lights to come on at dusk. So my family felt safe, like I was there. Caseta by Lutron. Simply use, simple to set up. Learn how you can win a $5,000 smart home upgrade at ourlifeupgrade.com. No purchase necessary. Hands 12, 15, 16. Hey, online radio listeners, help keep Internet Radio free and its advertising relevant to you. Simply open your radio player and click on the survey banner now and take a quick questionnaire about the advertising you hear on your favorite online stations. It only takes about one minute to complete and submit your opinion. Your answers will detail the advertising you've heard recently across different radio stations. So make your voice heard. Open your radio player, click on the survey banner to participate now. Thank you for listening and for your participation. Date night is a big night for us. My family's well-being is what I'm all about. Hello.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.